0: www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. In this very special episode of The Real Bottom Line, we are presenting the masterclass that we recently did when we interviewed Eleanor Beaton and Neil Steven about running a business with your spouse. It was called Mixing Love and Money. And so in this part one episode, we're going to talk a bit about role definition, a key element that many of our entrepreneurial couples have identified as a key to success. We're also going to delve into decision-making and having space and grace around that process and making mistakes. Also, how values can make the difference. Enjoy.
1: This is The Real Bottom Line where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now
0: let's get started. Hello everybody and welcome to the Mixing Love and Business Crafting a Recipe for Success. I am your host, Wendy Brookhouse, and I'm so excited that you're here today because uh, this is such an important topic Uh, Really, entrepreneurial couples are really a subset of the entrepreneurial genre, if you will. And as a result of that, we're not really paid a whole lot of attention to. There's the odd article telling us the five things that we should be doing to work well with our uh, spouse. But, you know, there's not a whole lot of depth on some of those things. So, I am the award winning CEO of Blackstar Wealth and creator of the Total Wealth Blueprint. I have helped hundreds of entrepreneurs gain clarity simplify their financial life, and accelerate the growth of their wealth. Substantial increases of net worth of hundreds of thousands of dollars in the first year alone are not uncommon. Now, I have several clients who own a business together, or they both own businesses. And I, too, am part of an entrepreneurial couple. My husband, Kelsey, joined me in the business over 10 years ago. And as a rare breed, I thought it was important that we start to share, share stories and understand ourselves a little bit better. And so that is why I invited our guests today, the great Eleanor Beaton and the amazing Neil Stephen, to talk with us today about their experience. Now, before I let them introduce themselves, I want to let them know a few things that they have in common. They are both running growing businesses that have positive impact on the entrepreneurial ecosystem. They are both fantastic writers and communicators. They have both helped me immensely grow my business through. Great branding and great business coaching and insight. They are also big basketball aficionados and both are taller than average and uh, (laughs) both have two kids and they both brought their business, their spouses into their business. So welcome, Eleanor and Neil. Hey, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. The energy today (laughs) is going to be high. Go, Neil. Go.
2: I was just gonna say, Eleanor and I—we're actually married. this is—we're the couple.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're the couple. Yeah.
0: You didn't know? That might be news to some other people that aren't <laughs> I mean, so. on this call, but. Uh... I mean, so yeah.
2: <laughs> so let's
0: start us. this off by introducing yourselves. Can you tell me a little bit about your vision and mission and how your business is supporting that? Neil, why don't you take and kick us off?
2: All right. Well, thanks for having me, Wendy. It's always a good chance to always good when I get a chance to hang out with you in person or digitally. So thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, my name is Neil. I own a marketing company with my uh, partner, Kirsten in downtown Dartmouth uh, here in uh, in Nova Scotia. You know, there's lots of marketing companies, lots of folks do marketing communications work. Uh, We're really pursuing a vision of a more sustainable Atlantic Canadian economy. Uh, that's that's our vision. Uh, if you think back to ten years ago or so, the now or never report and the uh, sort of demographic realities that we face in the region, you know, we're we're trying to counterbalance the the challenges ahead. So that's our vision and our mission. So how do we put that into practice on a day-to-day basis? We actively work with clients who are looking to grow, and so our goal is to create or our, our mission is to create a uh, thousand quality sustainable jobs in Atlanta, Canada uh, by by empowering our our, our clients to be. Great communicators and great storytellers, uh, giving them the clarity that they, that they need to tell emotionally resonant stories. I uh, think that's it. I think that's my spiel.
0: And the name of your company is This Is Marketing. Oh, right. Yeah. Very good. Excellent.
2: Thank you. That's such
0: an awesome company name. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: Eleanor.
0: Tell us about you,
1: your company. All right. So I'm the founder of a company called Safi Media. And Safi Media is, we have a vision of advancing a model of economic growth that nourishes the planet, one woman owned business at a time. And, you know, for most of our history as humans, especially since the Industrial Revolution, economic growth has meant environmental and often personal depletion. And we really feel that in order to have a sustainable future as a planet, Um, in order to overcome a lot of the sort of burnout and well-being challenges that we have as we're sort of operating in an economy like we have. Uh, Women entrepreneurs are really key to creating a model of growth that really shifts that dynamic. So that's our vision. And our mission, the proof point that we are holding ourselves to in order to accomplish that is to double the number of women entrepreneurs who sustainably scale past a million in annual revenue by 2030 and we're doing that through entrepreneurship education through business coaching and through storytelling we can't do that alone we can't possibly do that alone so that's why it's such an honor to be invited to awesome platforms like this to talk about entrepreneurship and so we really have a couple of different ways that we do that one is working directly with women entrepreneurs which is a huge sort of passion that's my that's where i'm most comfortable and have the most have tons and tons of fun, but we know that alone isn't going to make the change that we want to see. And so we do a lot of work with the entrepreneurial ecosystem. So policymakers, funders, governments, corporates um, to really start to shape a future that allows women entrepreneurs to sustain, to sustainably scale
0: amazing. See, I knew the value connection there was going to be very strong with the two of you, which is so important. Um, you know, as entrepreneurs, we want to tap into that greater why and your guys's whys are strong and I love it. So now I'll go back right to Eleanor. Then Leon, your beautiful husband joined you in the operation a few years ago. How did they join? Why did they join and what are they doing for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we were both entrepreneurs. In fact, I'm, you know, Leon, my husband was the one really who suggested to me to become an entrepreneur. When I started my first business in 2003, I was like, you know, and I am older than I look. And I don't know if you guys are older than you look, but back in the day, entrepreneurship was what the underemployed did. Mm. (laughs) Like it was not at all like you it is a today. Real
2: job,
0: so. It wasn't
1: a real job. You could, oh my gosh. Like I remember when I started my first business, it was like, oh, you poor thing. You can't get a job. It was like that legit. This was before the days of like Elon Musk. This is when Elon Musk, this is like, this is like back when Elon Musk was, I don't know, maybe at Queens. Like he was, he was, you know, even more nerdy than he is now. But anyway, so he encouraged me to start my business and I did. And I, um, you know, grew that business. It, I really ran that business essentially as a job um, for the early sort of part of having babies and everything. Um, we have two sons. My husband also had his own business. It was a landscaping construction company. And as our kids became like toddlers and then a little older and they, life became really busy and our businesses were growing we just got incredibly stressed so having two different agendas having greedy businesses that were growing and taking up a lot of time and attention and we were seeing the impact that it was having on our well-being and also on our kids we were like we just don't want to do this anymore and so we kind of took a look at our businesses my business at the time it was just my business um, in some ways had less complexity you know, than having equipment and warehousing and all the kind of complexities that his had. So he sold the assets of his business and bought 49% of the company that I started. That's how, that's how we did it. And so he is a, uh, he is my business partner and he is director of finance, but he also does a lot of work in strategy and operations.
0: Beautiful beautiful your your story is a little different Neil tell us how your wife beautiful wife joined your business.
2: <laughs> I think Kirsten joined our business because she was tired of us not making money uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, my God, we leave with our heart right we want to help and so that can be challenging when you actually need to make sure you pay your bills and all that type of stuff so um, I think from you know obviously from the very beginning, your partner whether or not they're actively in your business or not they're part of your business <laughs> it's your most trusted person in your life yeah. in, all, in almost all instances so whether they want to be or not they're there and, and she was uh i mean we've known each other and we've been dating and together since grade 11. so pretty close uh, and so when I, I kind of accidentally became an entrepreneur <laughs> i blame you wendy i pushed that.
0: you off the cliff baby <laughs>
2: yeah you know, she was right there but she was there in the background helping bookkeep and do some real basic stuff. I mean, it wasn't basic at the time. I look back now, it's basic. But at the time, it was like, oh, I'm bad at all of these things. And she would help in her downtime. And she had a job uh, in uh, human resources with uh, with EY. And so she, great, great career job for her. That was great. Uh, it, it went on that way for, uh, for five years. And um, the company grew and grew. And the stresses just like eleanor said the stresses grew and all that stuff but we really weren't seeing profitability at the end of the day it was like we survived you know and so it was about i mean 2020 a person sort of made the leap into the business uh we we had always talked about that and that was the thing we wanted to do the pandemic like like most things put things in perspective and i think we realized that we just wanted to work together We you know there's there's so much value that she brings every day, um, both just with her, her powerful brain and her attention to to details that I miss, uh, her her ability to say, no, we're going to get paid for that, not give it away. You know, I have a difficulty there, so I knew that was going to be a strong asset. I mean, I've seen her walk into companies before and take them from the black, sort of from the red to the black. So it was, it was exciting to have her come in, into the business. And. She, the, What she occupies, the role she occupies now, she does some account management work, um, but largely she's operational. She's focusing on making sure the dollars and cents add up and that we're actually structuring things in a way where we're quoting correctly and doing all the things that you need to do to be structurally uh, profitable. And uh, I can't imagine where we would be without her in that role. And she's a, she, she, she came into the business full-time as an employee um, and then last year, uh, on international women's day, she became a full partner in the business 50, 50, she didn't buy in or anything because she'd already put like years of sweat equity. in. so I figured she kind of earned that easily. So we're equals in the business and it's, you know, I think anyone who's an entrepreneur who's listening to this will tell you, entrepreneurship can be very lonely. Uh, you know, leadership can be lonely and that's been the best is that, uh, she understands me and what I'm facing on a day-to-day basis at a level that's much deeper than it used to be. And so it feels less alone. And that's just awesome for me. Someone like me, it's nice to know that I'm not alone.
0: Amazing. Um, What sounds really good too, is that you both have very clear understandings of the roles that each of you are playing in the business, which I think is so key. I'm glad it sounds like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really glad it sounds like that.
2: Me too, me too.
0: I believe what you tell me, Eleanor, I do. So- uh, Most of the time, I'm kidding, most of the time. Sometimes there's some overstepping. Do you have written job descriptions?
2: Do we have written job descriptions? Yes, (laughs) I want to say absolutely. But uh, we absolutely don't, you know. Um, we're we're a smaller company, and that's actually something that's getting bad around here a lot right now. And I I point to the rest of the space that folks are in them. Um, that's the thing that we're talking about a lot, you know. For Kirsten and I, I think the roles are very clear. You know, she's um, she's there to make sure that we're we're, we're profitable and we're thinking that way, uh, and then we're orientating things correctly so that we can beat that in the end of the day. And I'm there to ensure that the work is is right, the creative and the strategy is accurate. And, and so I kind of lose myself in that and she's losing herself on her side. And you know I have my great days and I have my bad days and she has the same, but no, we, we, to answer your question, when you know, we don't have like a clear, here's my job description, here's yours. We what have
0: lanes that you're kind of do, playing in.
2: Yeah, yeah, we should definitely have lanes. Yeah. And we're very comfortable with our lanes.
0: Your business is making a profit, you're growing, but you may still feel like you don't fully have a grasp on how to make the best use of this success. Don't worry, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Wendy Brookhouse, creator of the Total Wealth Accelerator and host of this podcast. I've developed a quick and easy tool that will give you a detailed snapshot of where you're currently at in your business and wealth growth and how you can improve upon it. It's called your financial diagnostic score. It's completely free and you'll instantly get the results. So head over to totalwealthscore.com right now and see where you can focus to grow your wealth.
2: And I guess this is supposed to be like advice, right? So let me just say it's important to have lanes, but it's also super important to respect the other person's lane. Mm. But as an entrepreneur, like you have to go into their lane, like you, you have to work together on things and but when you do it, you got to like and I I mean, this past week, for instance, I haven't been doing this well. I think Kristen's on this this thing, so she's hearing me. You know, I didn't come into her lane well, right? And it it got her back up right off the bat, right? And yeah. uh, it's different when it's your spouse. You know, it's with an employee, it's kind of like, well, listen, I'm in your lane. Get over it. But when <laughs> an employee, it's like, okay, yeah, sorry, when it's your, when it's your spouse, it's, it's more delicate, you know, and, and you got to do a better job. And I, I kind of failed this week, if I'm being frank. But uh, next week's another week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Eleanor, how about yours lanes and job descriptions or things of that nature? Is there any formality around that in your organization?
1: There is actually. So, um, so we each have like uh, written job descriptions and I think the, you know, to me, the key thing is that there's a key result, you know, there's a key result that everybody is super clear. So in mm. um, for us, Leon's result in when, you know, it, Specifically, as it relates to his job as director of finance, is profitability. It's about profits, and so we have, you know, we're like, this is what we want our profitability to be. And in in an entrepreneurial company, to Neil's point, I think we all are working collectively on certain measures, you know. So as a team, there's this this sort of collaboration that's happening, but somebody has to own it, you know. Somebody has to own that measure And so um, so that's kind of um, so so there's a clear job description and a clear measure for that particular role. And I think that's helpful because for us what it allows is a more fluid approach to when we're talking about things that are in his role for which he's accountable for or that I'm accountable for in my role, and when we are collaborating as owners, on what the business needs to do. So a lot of times like my role is really around sort of vision and strategic direction. And then together we're collaborating on some of the how it's, you know, he is a fellow rainmaker. So you know, as a as a CEO of a small company or traditionally like a major rainmaker in the company, but you need that, that strategic thought partnership with others. And we have others who are thought partners, you know, around rainmaking, but he was certainly one of the first, you know, and a major rainmaking thought partner for me.
0: I love where you guys have taken this. Cause it leads nicely into a question I have about decision-making and what decisions do you guys make as a couple? And what decisions do you make on your own? when it's in your purview and are there limits like, oh, you can spend up to $5,000 without talking to anybody or things like that. So Eleanor, why don't you start that one off and let me know if you have any of those things.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. I'm just sort of thinking about this. So I would say that sometimes I'll talk to couples in business where, or, or, It's just two people who are entrepreneurs that each have different businesses, but they they kind of, to Neil's point, kind of are part of their life partners. And so they're kind of business partners anyway. And I think that is also a legit thing, (laughs) you know, like that's completely legit. You don't have to technically be business partners in some ways to be couples in business because, you know, you're in it to win it. Um, So in some cases, it can feel like there's permission seeking. And some, sometimes there's like, you know, people who that's just their habit or whatever. So there's none of that with us. And um, from my perspective, it's all about like when we talk about things, um, it's usually sort of bigger strategic directions that we go or investments that we want to make in growth or that kind of thing. We're generally talking them through together, but not because anybody's asking for permission Or we feel like we have to, but generally because it's like, Hey, does this line up with where we're going? Yeah. Okay, cool. You know? So there's absolutely like, there's tons that I don't hesitate to pull the trigger on or him, but typically if it's something that's involving the growth of the company, we're going to talk through it together. Sweet, Like you would with any partner. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Neil, how about you guys?
2: Yeah. I think that's similar on our end. Um, I definitely seek permission to spend money <laughs> when I like that is a thing for sure. um and i and I do that because I'm mindful that she's fully living in that space, you know, but yeah and and I think Chaner's point when we're making decisions about the future and about growth, yeah, like we're trying to talk about those together. but I think really, like the the time when we discuss things the most is when we're trying to make really value centric decisions. So like as a so as a brand strategist, to me, you are your values, right? Brands aren't colors and logos and stuff. It's, it's what do you care about that nobody else gives about, right? And then lean into that. So when we're making decisions that have any relevance to our values, which a lot of them do, but um, certainly any sort of big ones, those are the ones where I do like to sort of check. So like yesterday, for instance, we're doing this thing with one of our clients to raise money for the Red Cross after the Syria and the Turkey earthquake. And we've raised like a ton of money. It's been great. And we've donated our time, but in order to sort of fully finish the thing, we're going to need another 15 hours of time. Right? So it's the right thing for us to do. It's totally in alignment with our values. So I go to Kirsten and we have that conversation and it's, it's just a, it's a very quick check on, are we aligned on this? Like, are we still aligned on these values? Oh, we are good. And then, then we move forward. I think lacking that values clarity. That affects every business in a whole bunch of different ways. But when you're running a business with a partner and you're equals, it's super important to be clear about what your shared values are. Uh, That way you can make decisions easier and you can make decisions that over time align you with those values. Um, And That's how you arrive all of a sudden at the point where you're kind of known for something. And it's like, yeah, I've been making decisions in that regard for the last decade with my partner. Of course, I'm known for that today. Um, And so to me, it's always good to check in with Kirsten because she can be a check on me. Uh, and vice versa. So, that's, I think that's probably a, a pretty good example of sort of how we try to make decisions. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I just wanted to touch on is the um, about the, you know, I ask can I spend this money? When I do that, what I've learned over the last two years is that it's super important to acknowledge that a mistake at that stage is not uh, an individual's mistake. It is then our mistake. So, if I ask, hey, can I spend $500 to buy a new TV for the meeting room? Um, and she, and Kirsten says, yes, well, if it turns out that that wasn't a very good decision, it's not her fault. It's our fault. We made that decision together. And I think that was something that I didn't understand the weight of that. When Kirsten got more involved in the business, she began, uh, identifying herself as the decisions that she made and anything that went wrong. She really took that to heart. Like it was her mistake, not ours. And uh, so we've been working at that to be like, okay, let's help make some of these decisions together. And even when you're, you're telling me the decision, it's still ours. You know like i respect you to to tell me what's right and yes we can Okay, good and if it turns out we're wrong well then we were both wrong because i gave up my own like i didn't i don't know enough to be able to make a good decision i leaned on her she might be wrong she might be right who knows and because i didn't know enough to begin with that puts me right beside her in the responsible responsibility you know silo in terms of the outcome of that decision i don't know if that's really like super micro what i just got into there but I I've just noticed it as super important in our relationship, Um, so I wanted to just. It really is
0: about mindset to a certain degree, and then how do you accommodate each other? You know, we could open up that whole failure as a value (laughs) conversation because you know we're not going to make all the right decisions at all the time, and how you handle that can be key to the growth of the company and the growth of your relationship as a couple. Eleanor, do you have anything you'd like to add to that conversation?
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I do. And I think this is, it's going to sound a little woo, but I found this to be so helpful. So initially, you know, when I started the business, the business was me. So if you were looking at the business as an entity and me as an entity, the me having a soul and the business having a soul, they were basically like very tightly entwined, like a baby in utero, <laughs> you know, like you couldn't, they could, you couldn't break them apart. They were so tightly bound. And, um, you know, then as the business grew, it started to kind of separate a little bit. Uh-huh. And then, so now you've got me, you've got the business and now you have Leon, your partner, mm. you know, you're and so now he is feeding into this business also. And so now you have multiple kinds of units. You have, you have us as individuals inside this business, you have the business and you also have our relationship. And they're like, if you imagine sort of concentric sort of circles, and then you start like, well, I already had a team at the time, but you start building the team. And as you're growing your company, the company becomes more and more of its own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so sometimes like there was a time when the marriage was the business, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Just like when I was, and I have noticed that that, that has changed because, you know, like as you have your vision for where your company is going you're really sort of breathing life into the soul of the business which holds the sort of future of what this business is going to become and that needs to be big enough to hold you to hold your customers your stakeholders your business partner your team that vision has to be big enough that everybody in that can have their own vision you know and so i have really found imagining you know me him, our marriage, the business as sort of separate entities that support each other has actually been quite helpful from like an anchoring perspective, I think. So I share that because it's a different way of looking at it, I think, but it it has been very helpful to me.
0: I love that you're reminding me of a book I recently read, where uh, the whole one of the big things is having that big picture, that vision, and that everything you're doing today is costing you or investing in that future you. Mm-hmm. And so, being cognizant of what that looks like can help make sure that more of it's investing than costing. Yeah, <laughs> always ideal. Ideal. <laughs> now, what's interesting? I, the only thing I was going to add, though, when Neil
1: was saying, yes. with me, if if Leah, all the bad decisions are Leon's and all the good decisions are mine so it's easy i find that division of you should try it oh no kirsten's here never mind never mind just just kidding
2: it's generally true either way (laughs) he makes a lot of good decisions
0: you heard it here first folks you heard it here so the real bottom line here is you can mix love and money but you gotta set up some guardrails please join us next week for part two wow there was just so much learning in this episode Do you want more? I have a special offer for the right entrepreneur, a complimentary one-on-one coaching session that is all about you, your business and your goals so that you can accelerate your business and start to accelerate the growth of your net worth. Head over to wealthcoachwithwendy.com. There you will find a letter that kind of outlines all the details of this offer and also an application form. We have an application form because there's such a limited number of of slots that we're opening up for this, that we want to make sure that the people that um, uh, do are successful in getting the slot we can make the biggest difference with. So head over to wealthcoachingwithwendy.com and apply today. Thanks.